everyone, it's your girl Ty here, which stands for Together Individual Entertainment. Okay, so, um, basically, where I, um, am living, we had storms that just happened two straight days. Yesterday and today. And, basically, I work at Kennywood Park, um, like, two days, um, but this will be my only three-day week because I work on another job, um, Anyways, we had these really huge storms in the last two days, and I really thought we were going to get off early from work at Kenyon Wood because of the fact that these storms have really been outrageous, but basically, Kenyon Park has a generator that powers up, like, I think most of the park, or they can have, like, more than one generator. But basically, Kenwood Park was all powered up by the generator, and thanks to that generator, we were able to continue working. But I really thought we were going to get off early because of the fact that, you know, it's, um, you know, it was dead for quite some time after the storm passed. Like, everyone just wanted to get out. Everyone just wanted to be safe, which I understood. It was just, like, unreal. I mean, how could you have, you know... A storm that passed through two days. Trust me, I, I am, like, freaking out right now because of what happened yesterday. So, yesterday, I was working on the patio of, you know, Kennywood Park Cafe. And, basically, all of a sudden, boom. There was this giant lightning bolt that just hit, and I'm serious, that just hit the tree next door to the cafe. I was really close by it, and I was afraid I was gonna get hit by lightning. I mean, it was really terrifying. I literally screamed. I didn't mean to, but it just terrified me, and I was still shaking, you know, wondering, am I gonna get hit by lightning again? And, I mean, I was just lucky I stayed inside, and I didn't have to worry about, like, getting struck by lightning or anything, but it was, like, unreal. Like, we had these storms for two days, and nobody, and I'm serious, nobody announced, like, an early, I'm serious, nobody discussed or thought about having an early closure because of the storms. It's like, because of the new ownerships that Kenny was going through, trust me, Kenny had about, like, six to seven new owners that this new owner thinks that we shouldn't shut down at all. Uh, because of a storm. He thinks that we should just keep on going and don't shut down off. What this new owner doesn't realize is that because of the storm that we just had today, that a lot of people from Kennywood Park that just entered the park or that just wanted to come to the park had to change plans and just want to go home or something because... What happened next, I didn't realize until my mom called me, or I called her, was when she told me they that we didn't have power. So, basically, I'm sitting here in my room with no power whatsoever, but yet, I have my cell phone, and I'm using my cell phone to do this podcast. And even though it's become a difficult matter to where it is now... I just knew that I needed to tell you guys about what's going on now. So, here, I mean, as soon as I got home, basically, everywhere in the city of McKeesport, West Mifflin, 
um, Scott Township, Pittsburgh, everywhere, like in, like, I wouldn't say everywhere, everywhere in Allegheny County, just parts of Allegheny County has no power because of the storm that just happened today. So, I mean, it's, it's a complication, but yet it's kind of a big deal because here's the thing. So, my mom went out and got things that we needed, like batteries, flashlight. We went out to McDonald's to get something to eat. I'm just letting you guys know that during power outages, you should try to, you know, make the better of it. Like, for instance, I know that some cases are having an online virtual learning still because some schools want to do summer school or something like that, but that doesn't mean that you could find ways of making it better. Like, I mean, if you knew that there was going to be a second storm going on or whatever, you should have at least had something prepared. Like, for instance, you have um, kids that are still little and you have books all around them. You should at least pull out a book and read it by flashlight. I mean, get your kids into the reading while this power is out. I mean, there's no technology, there's no TV, no computer, no anything. So you don't have to, like, worry at all about, like, wanting to get your kids into stuff that you would like. When really, they needed to get into it in the first place. So, um, speaking of reading, for those of you that was listening to... My first five chapters of book one of the Rose Trilogy by Emma Hamm. Today, I am going to start reading the first chapter of book two, which is Emerald Rose by Emma Hamm. Because now that it's summer, Carnegie Library has, and I meant like every Carnegie Library that I know, Carnegie Library of White Oak, Carnegie Library of McKeesport, Carnegie Library of Pittsburgh, everywhere that has a Carnegie Library has started, and I'm serious, has started a traditional, um, what we call a summer reading thing. So, it depends on how many books we read to get prizes or something, but believe me, it's, it's definitely something that I think would be a concept to those that love to read or need to get their kids to read. So, um, I'm just getting into chapter one, and if you're wondering how I'm reading in the dark, um, I have a flashlight with me, and what I'm doing is I'm standing at my flashlight, and it's giving me a little bit of light, and I can see clearly to read the first chapter. So, this is going to be the five-chapter preview of book two called Emma Rose by Emma Hamm, and I'm just starting with the first chapter of five-chapter preview, and I hope you enjoy. So, here we go. Chapter one of book two, Emerald Rose by Emma Hamm. Perry. Danielle shifted her weight, swinging the heavy sword as if she were stopping an attacker. She paused, closed her eyes, and imagined the soldier she fought. Armor covered his body, heavy and silver. It would impend his movements more than her own supple leather. Although his strikes would be stronger, she was faster. Lunge! She twisted, then bolted forward. The sword on the tip struck her imaginary foe, but slid off her breastplate. She happened to do better than that if she wanted to kill him and protect her family. Counter. Her feet tangled together as she tried to sidestep an imagined attack. 
Danielle stumbled, twisted her legs, then fell onto her bottom in the dirt. Darn it, she muttered, laying flat on the ground and starting up at the clouds, finding it looked so much easier when the soldiers did it in the yard. They all fought with each other, not imagined opponents, and their feet rarely tripped them up. Some of them ended up in the dirt. But it was usually because someone else put them on their butt. Not their own foolishness. Groaning Danielle rolled back onto her feet and lifted the sword once more. She continued through the movements she had observed. But her room in place, all this would be much easier if she had someone to teach her. Danielle couldn't see what she looked like as she parried and let alone thrust the sword. Her form was probably atrocious. And that was why she kept falling down. She couldn't only sneak into the mirrored ballroom so many times before a servant caught her. They would invariably tell her father, and then all this would be over. He didn't want her to learn how to fight. He wanted her to be the little princess everyone thought she should be. As she practiced the movement, she grunted out the words that haunted her sleep. Danielle fixed your skirts. Sit up straighter. Smile. The people would think you're cold. If one more person had told her to smile, she would run away to the forest and never return. The imaginary attacker shifted in her vision. Danielle countered. Her feet followed the path they were supposed to this time. With a shout, she struck out with her blade in an arc that would have beheaded any man who stood before her. Deep in a lunge, she paused. Her thighs shook with excuration. But she felt good, healthier, and more awake. Sitting on a plush cushion only made her feel ill. She wanted to be outside in the sun, but sunlight made freckles appear on her nose, and no foreign prince wanted a princess with spots. At least everyone claimed princes and hated freckles. Find a prince, Danielle, and you'll be happy for the rest of your life. She sang the words and crossed her eyes and let the sword fall into the grass. Finding a prince wouldn't make her happy. Finding a prince would make everything worse. They have opinions to tell her what to do. With the country which was her good God-given right to rule alone, even her father agreed she would become the maiden ruler of Hollow Hill. But her father would only step down once she had a husband to help. Marriage would make things easier. It wouldn't distract her because eventually she would need to procreate. The mere idea made her stomach clench and gorge, rise in her throat. She wasn't old enough for children, and she didn't want to go through the pain, not yet, maybe never. Sweat dripped down her brow and strung her eyes. She rubbed them 
then stared back at the sky, tracking the sun, so she wouldn't be late to return. This was meant to be a trip-gathering herb for the local herbalist. She was certain they wouldn't tell her father she had delivered nothing, and hadn't for the past five times. She used the excuse. Eventually, that story would dry up too, but she loved coming here alone. To this field in the middle of the forest, which surrounded Hollow Hill, green grass filled a small circle where none of the trees had grown. Stones encircled a small area, and Brooke babbled at the other side. She made her way to the running water, sunlight sparkling across its surface and making spots dance in her vision. The water was crystal clear and tasted like perfumed air. Danielle had drunk from its water so many times she could hardly count them. Her mother used to bring her here before any everything. She sank down in the plush moss at the edge of the water and dug her hands into the stream. Icy water made her fingers string and lifted a handful to her mouth and sipped, drinking deeply and banishing all thoughts of the court. That's what mother had always done here. After all, they would come to this, feel together, pick flowers, laugh at all the things that Countess had done. Now her mother didn't laugh at all. Frowning Danielle stared down at her reflection in the water and sighed. She pulled her long blonde hair back from her face severely, a pretty face although one which looked better smiling than it did frowning. Her father said she looked too aggressive when she wasn't smiling. He was probably right. Danielle's lips were a little too thin, and when she pressed them together, they looked downright churish. Her brows arched too much, making her look judgmental and cruel. Her jaw was too square, her cheekbones too high. For all her looks, she was made to be a warrior. She should have been fighting the front forefront of battle, but they couldn't afford to lose the firstborn princess of Hollow Hill, so instead of learning how to fight with other soldiers, Danielle was here, hiding in the forest, hoping no one found out she'd stolen a sword from the barracks. She didn't hear the bushes rustling until it was far too late. Perhaps if she kept her sword, she might have been more prepared. Just having a weapon made her move more aware of her surroundings. As it was Danielle, didn't notice anything was approaching until she heard a branch snap. A dark shape emerged behind her in the water's reflection. Her mind couldn't quite process what it looked like. Even as the stream warped its reflections, large wings stretched from its back horns, reached above its head like a demon from storybooks. She didn't react. She froze in place because there couldn't be a monster looming above her like a horrific nightmare come to life. Her mind must have conjured her warriors into reality. It wasn't possible. The creature reached for her neck and clawed and hand grasped a long column of her throat. She had a moment to gasp in a lungful of air before it pushed her down and dunked her head into the stream. Cold water washed over her face and up to her neck. 
She burst into action, wrapping her hands around the strong fingers, which only closed like a bunce. Claws dug into her soft skin, and she saw blood bloom in the water. The daggers attached to her hands sank deep into her shoulders, although she couldn't feel the pain. She scratched at the creature's hand, trying hard to draw blood of her own, but it didn't release its hold. It only squeezed harder until stars sparked in her vision, and she couldn't think of anything but death. Was this how the Princess of Hollow Hill died, killed by the monster in the forest? No one would ever know existed? She would allow it. Danielle forced her body to relax, and when it thought she had drowned, she kicked out her legs. One foot connected hard with its knees. The creature let out a grunt. She heard even underwater and released its hold just long enough for her to wiggle free from its grasp. Dragging herself across the stream, she scrambled to the other side and rolled onto her back. It didn't give her time to escape. The creature gave one heavy beat of its wings, and then it was on top of her again. This time, it wrapped her both hands around her throat and squeezed hard, pushing her into the ground with its weight. Danielle held on to the wrist, but she couldn't force it to release her. It sat upon her, straining her waist and pinning her down. She couldn't move. She couldn't free herself from its grasp, wide-eyed and terrified in the death which awaited her. She stared up at the pale creature, the wings she'd seen in the stream's reflection. Were even more vulnerable, this clothed, pale, almost ghostly, erratic wings were filled with holes and faint with scars, creating a lace pattern over the thin lavender embrace. It had broken one of its horns, and at some point the jagged edges had long since healed. Yet the rum half horn still looked painful. Eerily, its face still looked human. A man's face, though gray in tone and somehow wrong, stared down at her. His expression was twisted with aggression and hatred, yet familiar. He might have been a man she would see on the street, if not for his colored skin and fangs, which poked out from the bottom jaw. How strange it was to be killed by a creature she never knew existed, that no one knew existed. With the same sadness as the attack, the creature loosened his grip on her throat. He stared at the forest with a frown. Danielle wheezed in as much air as possible. Certain he would squeeze again. His claws still grazed in her neck with clear intent. If she made a sound, he could rip out her throat. The ringing in her ears stopped, replaced by the sound of thundering hooves approaching through the forest. Guards lightly sent to search for her by her father, which meant this creature recognized the sound. How did he know what horse hooves sounded like? And it was certainly male. The creature leaned away from her, hands still placed on her neck. But she could see its broad shoulders bare of even stitch of clothing. The flat planes of his chest rippled with muscles. He was stronger than any soldier. She seen in the yard. His muscles were puffy like human men. She seen instead they were weary strong. She swallowed hard through the pain in her throat. A dribble of spit slid down her cheek.
but she didn't dare move. He stared intensely at the forest. Perhaps he knew if the guards found her dead body, they would kill him. It didn't matter who he was or why he was there. Ten guards could kill creatures such as this, although with wings he might fly away. A quiet whimper escaped from her lips. The creature flicked his gaze to her, censoring expression of warning. Please, she whispered. I don't want to die. Danielle didn't know the reason. The creature had attacked her, but she didn't think he was an animal. If he knew guards were dangerous, then he'd seen them before, and he wore clothing. She could feel fabric pressed against her belly, where her shirt had ridden up. Animals didn't wear clothing. The sound of hooves approached the creature and had to make a choice. He leaned closer to her, his lips twisted in a snarl, staring into her eyes with so much hatred it made her sweat. He dragged his claws down her throat, the fine points pricking her skin. She didn't feel warm blood, but she knew he left welts. His hot breath fanned over her mouth, great puffs of air as he snarled, then released her neck to slap his hands onto the ground at either side of her hand. She flinched, closed her eyes, and escaped her end. But death did not greet her. Wind stronger than any gale slapped her face. When she opened her eyes, the creature was gone. Danielle sucked in a deeper breath, terrified her thoughts racing. Why had it left her? It had attacked her. It meant to kill her, and yet the soldiers made it leave her alone. She scrambled toward the forest as the hoof's feet grew even closer. They could see her like this, soaking wet clothing askew, roses around her throat. What would they think? Likely, they had she needed to be dragged back to her father and married off to avoid scandal. No one would believe her if she said a monster crawled its way out of the forest. Hollow Hill was the safest place in all of Ember. They'd call her a liar and marry her off to the oldest prince they could find. So instead of begging the guards to help as she wanted to, Danielle hid in the bushes. The guards rode by with their silver saddles wearing azure plumed armor. She pressed her hands to her lips to still the sobs shaking her shoulders as the anxiety of fear pressed down upon her. Why had this creature let her live? It didn't matter now. She supposed she just had to make it back to the palace without trying to kill her again. So that was chapter one of book two, Emerald Rose by Emma Hamm. I hope you enjoyed. And remember, reading can be a challenge, but it can also be fun if you use your imagination. And this is Ty saying, <laughs> enjoy your blackout in a fun way. Bye.